Welcome to The Wine Beat. This is Craig. The episode we're going to listen to is an interview with Evrebedes Katsaros of Katima Katsaros. Katima Katsaros is a small estate located northeastern Greece, uh, just off the coast of the Aegean, but quite high up on the slopes of Mount Olympus in an amazing location, you know, switchback road that you take to get up, uh, and you climb quite high from the uh, coastal area. The views uh, along the way and when you get to the top uh, or to the estate are beautiful. Uh, and Katima Katsaros is a good example of the amazing diversity of Greek terroir and Greek Greek grape-growing areas. Um, Greece is a pretty large country with a great diversity north to south um, and east to west. And all of this countryside in Greece has very rugged physical geography. So it provides for uh, just an immense range of potential grape-growing locations, uh, each expressing themselves in a different way. Greece, of course, also has going for it a tremendous variety of grape variety of of of, of grape varieties, a variety of grape varieties, um, and of course, Greece is the birthplace and home and source for many of the great grapes of the world. So, Katima Katsaros is uh, is one example of what uh, winemakers in Greece are starting to achieve, and that the world needs to start hearing about in terms of unique quality-driven, terroir-driven wines. It's too bad these wines aren't getting out more, but let's hope that over time Greek wine starts to really take its place in the world. This was recorded earlier this year. Uh, we sat outdoors, it was springtime, and we sat outdoors on the patio outside the winery with the view overlooking the valley below and the Aegean Sea down, uh, down in the distance. It was a gorgeous setting, You'll hear in the background uh, the first cicadas of the season. A month later, those cicadas might have been deafening, but at this time of the year, they are still fairly soft in their noise. Uh, you'll also hear some birds uh, and the odd goat bell. Uh, Katima Katsaros really is in a gorgeous location, uh, and it produces powerful, structured, and age-worthy wines. If you can find a bottle of their Cabernet Merlot, I would encourage you to buy it, but I would encourage you to put it away for five to ten years to let it age. It really is a, a big wine with lots of tannic structure uh, meant for aging. Uh, you'll also find that their Chardonnay is an age-worthy wine, although it is ready to drink now. The, you'll hear us speak about their Xenomavro uh, wine from the indigenous Greek Xenomavro variety, one of the most important red wine varieties in Greece. Xenomavro means acid black, and it's a very, very uh, strong grape, uh, as you can tell from the name, good acid structure, a very dark color, and, uh, and good uh, phenolic tannic structure as well. So typically age-worthy wines coming from Xenomavro. That's it. Uh, I hope you enjoy the discussion with Evrepetis Katsaros, and I hope you have a chance to try the the wines of Katima Katsuros. Don't forget to head over to our website, www.winebeatpod.com, to check out the show notes for this episode. There'll be some photos, some information about Katima Katsuros, uh, some information on the location and that sort of stuff. So I hope you enjoy that. Also, don't forget to subscribe to The Wine Beat. A podcast without subscribers is like a trip to Greece without a dip in the Aegean Sea in the summer. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Without further ado, 
Here's Evripedes Katsaros. Okay, I'm here with Evripedes Katsaros at the beautiful Katima Katsaros, uh, above the Mediterranean in the shadow of Mount Olympus. Evripedes, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for coming. That's, it's, it's a real pleasure. The drive up is spectacular with the switchback road, it's, uh, and the view is magnificent. Uh, everybody, let's start by uh, talking about the estate and your family. Can you tell me about uh, about how uh, the estate had its beginnings? Of course, just to mention that we are at 800 meters of elevation at the foothills of Mount Olympus, the famed Mount Olympus. And uh, my father started the whole adventure about uh, 30, 32 years ago. Uh, he came here in order to build a uh, vacation home and uh, at the beginning when we when we when he built this house to spend our vacation here uh, he decided to plant near the house a small parcel of vine just to make one for his pleasure for the family for his friends without having any commercial ambition at the beginning He's a physician, now he's retired, he was a physician at uh, the moment. And uh, he wanted to escape from the uh, it was a kind of escape from, for him uh, uh, to make wine from the, from the routine of uh, the physician's life. And what did he plant at the beginning, in the early he days? He planted Cabernet, Sauvignon and a little bit of Merlot. Okay. And did he have good results with those grapes at that uh, time? Yes, because we still uh, we still uh, produce this wine from the same uh, parcels of land that uh, my father planted 30 years ago. We strongly believe that the expression of these grapes in this place, in at our place, we we believe we strongly believe that it can give uh, very very good and interesting results. The first two grapes, these first two grapes planted from my father at our estate. So the first bottling took place uh, in uh, 1988 and he bought the harvest uh, of 87. It was right. only two French drug barrels. Two barrels? Two barrels, yes, uh, 600 bottles. Right. For the family's uh, drinking, or, or did he did he sell some, or, or share it with friends? Uh, at the beginning, I think that he sold uh, some cases uh, at the two best restaurants of our area here. Right. Yeah. But it was mostly from friends and family. Yeah. Mainly from friends and family. And uh, so today we cultivate twenty four acres of private owned vineyards, which is dispersed. 22 different parcels at an elevation between uh, 450 meters where we grow Xenomavro up to 800 meters which is the parcel down there near the winery right and the first parcel planted so the Xenomavro likes the lower elevation because it's warmer is that the idea or is uh, it the soil in it's the soil also the kind of soil and at uh, the beginning uh, because it's it's the first parcel of Xenomavro that we planted uh, I wanted a not a, not as uh, high elevation as uh, for the other grapes, 
before because uh, Xinomavro it's a grip that matures uh, late right uh, very late very late for the Greek standards for the Greek norms so uh, it could be difficult because uh, September's usually here in our region are there are a lot of rainfalls not these last years but uh, so then you have disease pressure later into September. Maybe because it's very sensible to botrytis. Okay. And that's why we want to to earn some days of maturation by planting lower. A little bit lower. A little bit lower. Understand. Also the type of soil there, it's very, very good for xenoma. It's sandy clay soil. Okay. And uh, let's come back to the elevation of the, the winery a little bit later. Um, uh, I think it's quite interesting because I think you I, I gather that you really are trying to capture some of the cooler climate of being a little bit higher. But let's come back to that and maybe you can you can tell me your thoughts. Um, I did want to talk about your education and your experience because you must have caught the bug for winemaking when you were young if you were coming on holidays. Because you went, uh, you were educated in Greece, but also in France, and you and you and you took a degree in winemaking and enology. Exactly. Yes. Uh, since uh, the start of my father, me, I was there every summer watching the the harvest, vinification, the green harvest. Uh, so when I finished the school, when I was 18, what to do in my life as a profession, it, it came naturally and automatically in my mind. I wanted to be winemaker since the beginning. Really? So with my parents, we decided to go, I decided, they decided, and I, we decided to go to France, not altogether me, to go to, go to study there. So I went to Bordeaux where I studied uh, biology, general biology at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I studied, I took the degree in uh, winology, the Diplôme National de Nologue, mm -hmm. as the French says, the national degree of enology. Uh, I studied by, uh, firstly at Bordeaux, biology, and then in Burgundy, in Dijon, uh, winology. And you worked in France as well? Uh, yes, after my studies, studies I worked, uh, during my studies I worked, I worked, uh, I made uh, two stages at Domaine Rouleau à Merceau, mm -hmm. Burgundy, Burgundy and, yeah. and at Domaine uh, Georges Roumier à Champollion-Nuzigny, in Burgundy too. Also in Burgundy. Côte de Bonne et Côte de Nuit. And then after my studies I worked in Pauillac for one year. Yeah. So you've worked in both Burgundy and Bordeaux, Bordeaux. the two oh. big schools, in my opinion. Uh, it's interesting and, and fantastic experience. But uh, and do you think that um, that shows in the choice of varieties you're using? I know you're using Cino Mavro, which is a Greek, yes, it's a, a, a Greek grape, right? but, uh, but you're using Cabernet, Merlot. Yes, the grapes. These grapes were planted before to go, before to start my study. Oh, okay, so it wasn't uh... was was freshly planted. There there were several plantings after, but uh, after after the planting, the first plantings, but it's not the my study which which guide us to plant these grapes right. because they were already planted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we strongly believe that these grapes 
could give and can give uh, amazing results in our region. Wines with uh, character, terroir-driven wines, driving wines, and uh, that's why we we chose to plant it. Yeah, they're very well. They're very highly respected wines. You're you're obviously having great success. Um, what would be then if you were to describe your goal in winemaking? What is your what are the fundamental goal that you would say you're trying to achieve? It's to express via the grape to express the place from uh, from where the grapes are grown, the place from from uh, there where they are originated from. To let's speak the terroir as the French says. Yes. That's why we are organic, certified organic uh, cultivation of the vineyard since 1999. Now that was an early, that's an early date to have been certified organic. That's, yes. And you're ahead of the curve on, on organics, I would think. And... Uh, so yes, the, our goal is uh, to make the terroir speak via our wines. As less interventions as possible during the winemaking at the winery and organic farming of the grapes. And okay, and, and so then let's come back to the, uh, the, the location and this beautiful uh, yes. steep, <laughs> steep hillside location. Uh, <laughs> Uh, above the uh, above the Aegean Sea, um, and uh, near the village of Hranja. Hranja, exactly. Yes. Um, how does how do you think this location expresses itself? Uh, how is what is this? What is special about this location? It's the sandy clay soil, uh, the elevation. The fact that our parcels are planted at, or, at an orientation southeast, the sea breezes uh, which comes uh, and uh, can uh, can uh, avoid to have uh, elevated uh, numbers of humidity. Okay. Yes. So less danger for illnesses at the vineyard right. after rainfalls. And uh, there are all the factors, all the factors here, which can uh, contribute to have a, a great grapes elevation, the orientation, the soil, the climate, which is not typically Greek. I mean, here it's not the land of endless summer, as many people uh, uh, think, think about when Greece. We think about Greece. It uh, snows every year. We have uh, rain. snow every year. Yes, this location, less or more. Yes, it snows every year. Uh, we have alternations, a, a big difference of temperature between day and night, mainly in spring and uh, and in summer. Slow maturations of the grape of the grape of, of grapes. These are uh, certainly factors which uh, which uh, allows a vine grower uh, who respect its uh, its land to have a great results. And we're and 
yeah, there's there's all those elements of um, of uh, what, what what you often think about cool climate winemaking. Then, like you talk about the the diurnal changes in the, between the day and the night, and how those are beneficial to the grape. Um, do you would you consider this cool climate winemaking in a Greek setting, or you don't? Really oh, in a Greek setting, in a Greek setting, certainly. In a in a national setting, I don't know what could be good climate. Right. Maybe not like Canadian or French uh, climate. It's less more. It's less cool than uh, yeah in Canada, for example. Yeah. And uh, we are immediately below Mount Olympus. This we magnificent, massive mountain. Does it create weather? Does it impact the weather? Is is it a factor? Of course, it's a factor. Yes, due to the elevation. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, very interesting. Uh, and. Let's talk a little bit then about um, your wine in the world. I know you export your wine. Uh, you're not a large producer of wine, so there's not that much to export. But but I, I know you export your wine to the United States and Canada and to other places. It's very highly regarded. How would you describe your view of um, the role the, the the role of Greek wine in the world? Uh, let's say Greece was. Uh was uh, many people says right that it's the the, the country where firstly produced the wine in uh, in the history in the planet uh, nowadays since uh, 15 years now 17 years now there is a grand and a big revolution of uh, of Greek wines in terms of quality uh, many attention to that, the quality. Uh, the Greek wine is not anymore retina, as may, only retina, as many people may think. So the Greek wine today, to respond to your question, it's not uh, this than that it used to be. Uh, there were a huge revolution, as I mentioned, in terms of uh, Wine making, wine growing, uh, wine growing methods, and of course, uh, wine making techniques. A lot of uh, new, new enologists uh, uh, who vinifies today in Greece studied abroad, got experiences abroad, see what happens at other places, and uh, also the Greece is a very gifted place because there are there is a huge diversity of soils, top soils subsoils and climates, different climates, which could give uh, different results. So a big diversity of type of wines also, many indigenous grapes, but also some international grapes, which are very, very, very well uh, adapted uh, at certain places. Greek wine, unfortunately, commercially speaking, now it's not as known as uh, as it deserves, in my opinion. Uh, so there are a lot uh, of effort that uh, we have to to do to make in order to communicate our wines uh, worldwide. Uh, in my opinion, it they haven't the place that. Uh, 
that they deserve. That they deserve. I, well, that is certainly the theme that I want to develop on the podcast. It's definitely my my thought, having uh, tried Greek wines, I've been been drinking Greek wines and and traveling around Greece. The variety is incredible. Um, I hear over and over again that the quality is increasing uh, significantly as winemakers bring technology and um, uh, modern winemaking techniques. And um, and you mentioned also the variety of wines. It's yeah. incredible. It's actually one of the challenges I think for Greek wines is the is the um, is the wide number of varieties that people outside of Greece will not have heard of. We talked about Xeno Mavro, and we're actually drinking your 2015 uh, Xeno Mavro now. It's 100% of Xeno Mavro, and we wanted to add uh, an indigenous grape in our portfolio. That's why I decided to plant it when I finished my studies uh, in France. This is a wonderful, fresh expression of Xeno Mavro. Xeno Mavro can be very deep and very powerful. This is a this is a this is a powerful wine, but in a in an elegant and and uh, uh, more of a um, fruit driven manner, I would say. Um, really a nice wine, but I I think this is interesting that you know people who want to discover Greek wines should realize that there are wonderful wines being made by young winemakers who are very motivated. They need to also, you know, look at, uh, understand a little bit about the varieties because there are uh, these great varieties like Sino Mavro um, um, and Agaritico in the reds, uh, Asiutico and Malagusia in the whites. Um, and these are um, wines that are not, wine varieties that are not familiar to... Familiar but the varieties which can give world-class wines for the pricing... Uh, Excellent variants. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you're making um, uh, the varieties you're working with. We've we've touched on it briefly. You're working with uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Merlot Chardonnay, Chardonnay, and Xinomavro. So three uh, French varieties, three international French varieties, and the uh, and the uh, um, the local Xinomavro variety. Um, your Chardonnay is famous. You make a beautiful Chardonnay, uh, barrel fermented Chardonnay. Um, uh, your Cabernet Merlot blend is also very, very well uh, uh, respected, very highly rated as a, as a wine. I've tried it; it's wonderful. Um, what um, when people try your wines and they respond to your wines, if they give a comment, what would be the what, what would be the ideal comment? Someone says this wine gives me this impression. What would you love to hear from somebody when they're trying your wines? Uh, firstly, I would uh, I want uh, to be happy after tasting my wines. It means uh, satisfied uh, and uh, good comment. Uh, a comment that I like uh, a lot. To be honest, it's uh, when some people who knows our state, who tastes and drinks our wines uh, several years. Uh, tell me that uh, it's the place which speaks more than the grape, mm. the style of uh, the wine growing and uh, of wine making, which uh, comes uh, before the grape or uh, that are unique wines, terroir driven wines. You can tell we're outdoors because we've got a 
the large bumblebee who's joined us for the conversation. Yes. Uh, Ever Pérez, it's been a real pleasure talking to you um, in this incredible location. We're sitting outdoors, looking down over the valley and over the mountainside to beyond. Um, tremendous, uh, tremendous wines, tremendous location, and congratulations on the, the success you're having. Uh, Thanks for this winery. Anything else we should talk about while we're while we're here? Let's say that uh, Greek wine deserves to be tasted and to be known, more known than it is. And believe me, there are a, a lot of uh, nice, excellent choices throughout our country. Well, the industry here is growing tremendously. I understand that the Greek wine industry has been growing very strongly over the last uh, number of years, and I'm sure that that will translate into international sales. Um, we'll do our best to spread the message through the Wine Beat podcast. But thanks again, everybody, Thank for you your for time. Coming. It was so nice. It was a pleasure to meet you. All right, I look Thank forward you. to drinking more of your wines. <laughs> thanks. Thanks.